which is found right at the beginning of the Bible on page 3, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. Hear the Lord of the, word of the Lord. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So I have this blue sponge. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. I hope you enjoyed that last week. I, I really did enjoy it. Um, I asked you a question last week, and I want to ask you again. Who is God to you? Have you thought about that? Who is God to you? Now, I also want to ask you a second question. After you've formulated in your mind who God is to you, are you willing to let God change that thought? Let that sink in for a second. Are you willing to let God change who he is to you? Because I'll tell you right now, he probably wants to. No, not probably, he wants to. Because even if you are like really, really close to understanding who God is, there is more. And he can change it. And he can give you more. So, think in your mind, who has got to you? I wrote down a few that I think some of you might be thinking. The boss, the man upstairs, the big guy. Anybody think of any of those things? You don't have to raise your hand. How about this? How about father, friend, counselor, king, lord? Anybody have those thoughts? How about this? Love. God is love. Sovereignty, providence, planner, holy. Any of those words come to mind when you think about who God is to you? Now, if you thought about God as the, the one who's in control, the one who's upstairs, the man upstairs, the big guy, things like that, then I want to specifically talk to you for a moment. Because whoever you think of God as, like what you think he is, is probably how you live your life each day. And if you think of him as the man upstairs, the boss, the guy in control, you're probably living afraid of doing the wrong things. I can't make a mistake or God might zap me. Anybody have those thoughts? That typically when you have those kind of thoughts, you think of God as some kind of just tyrant up there, just looking for people to do wrong. I know the book of Proverbs does say that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, seeking out the good and evil in all of us. He is. But is that really who he is? Is he really just some giant leader, commander, dictator, up in heaven, just looking for people who go wrong so he can just show his power to them? Is he that? Not really. Oh, he, he can do that. And there are times when he does do that, when it's fitting. 
But for us who are believers in his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, yes, we need to understand that. But I don't think that should be the first thing that comes to mind when someone says, who is God to you? Because if it is, you're probably living scared. And that's not what God wants. Now, if you thought of him as father, friend, counselor, those types of things, that shows that you are getting closer to him, that you, you're starting to understand him a little bit better, that you're starting to get this relationship thing down a little bit. Not scared anymore. Notice I didn't use the word fear, because there's a difference between the word fear and afraid and scared. Being scared, being afraid, those are forms of fear. But there is a fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom, which is what the Bible tells us. Peter tells us that, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that is knowing that he is in control, that he is the leader, that he is someone who can just end our life at any moment because he created us. But let's go back to the scripture for a moment. What we read this morning. Let us make man in our image. Okay? That right there tells us that God is more than just one person. He is indeed three in one. He's, he says from the very beginning, he's letting us know that he's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. But then he says this, let them, meaning all of us, rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth. So if he's the boss, he's the one in charge, he's the big guy upstairs, then why is he letting us rule over everything? Because it's his creation, his rules, and that's what he wanted. You know, God took a big, big, big chance, if you think about it. He created this wonderful universe, and he created this small little planet next to this giant star with all these other planets around us, and he made it so that we could live on it. And he created plants and birds and fish, and then he, he created the animals, and then he said, let us make mankind in our image. So he made us, knowing what we were going to do. Ruin it. We were good. It was good. And he created it, created us knowing that we were going to mess it up. He took a chance. He took a chance. Why? Did you ever ask yourself that? Why? You know why? Because of who he is, according to the word of God, God is love. God is love. And he loved us so much that he wanted to create us knowing that we were going to go wrong. When parents have a child, they know what's going to happen. Pretty little baby you can hold in your arms. I held my first child like right here in my forearm. She was that small, like a football. Okay? And I looked down and said, someday she's going to be a teenager. And it scared me. And now she's 27. And that really scares me. Because now I'm getting older. But what I'm saying is, 
love created. Love helps. Love sustains. Love carries us through. And God's love was so incredibly strong that he said, I'm going to create you anyway. I know you're going to mess things up. It's no longer going to be good, but I'm going to create you anyway. So what I'm getting at is I'm hoping that we can, over the next couple of weeks, try to understand God for who he wants us to understand him as. As a father, as a son, as a spirit counselor, as a king, as someone who loves. It's good to have the understanding of all of who he is, but the first thing that comes to mind when I say to you, who is God to you, I am hoping that by the time we're finished with this series, that you will say, he's love. I understand him. I know him. And he's made himself known to me. I really hope we can get there. And the way we do is if you take what I say, take it home, pray over it. Take it to God. If there's something you don't understand, say, God, I don't understand what Bill was saying. And then just wait, listen. Thoughts will come to mind. People might talk to you. You might hear a song on the radio. You might see something on television. You might hear something in another sermon. You might hear something in the Bible, legacy Bible class. You might hear something at Grief Share. You might hear something at Kroger. God is constantly speaking because he wants us to know him not as the one who's going to zap us if we do something wrong. He wants us to know him as the one who created us because he loves us and he wants to dwell with us, in us. He wants us to know him as well as, well as we know the person we know best in this world. Who do you know best in this world? And if it's yourself, that's fine. If it's someone else, that's fine. He wants you to know him that well. He wants to make himself known to you so that you know him. So who is God to you? Creator? Love? Sustainer? There's, i got to tell you a little story about creation. 29 years ago, January 3rd, 1993, I started at a company called the National Groundwater Association, my very first job as a computer programmer. I had graduated the year before in May in 1992, and I was looking for a job all that time, and finally got a computer programming job, and I was excited. And they tell me on my first day, hey, we got a convention in October. We want you to write the registration system. Whoa. <laughs> you know, 23 years old, I'm nervous as can be. I said, all right, we can do this. Got several months. And for the next several months, my boss and I worked really closely together to write this great program that when someone came in for their national convention in Kansas City, they would give their name, we would check them off that they registered, and we'd print out a badge that they could wear. And at that time, Windows was very new, very, very new. So it's not like computers you see today. It, it was no high definition anything. It was very rudimentary, but we pulled it off. And it was great, and it was good. I remember thinking, this must be how God felt when he created the world. It's good. 
a sense of accomplishment. One hour into the convention, somebody broke it. Somebody broke it. She did something that she shouldn't have done. None of us ever anticipated would be done. She broke it. I had the worst headache I've ever had in my life for the next two days. Because I'm brand new, this is my first job, all eyes on me, but we got through it. But what I'm saying is, well, it also just so happens that this woman showed up, she was a temp, and she showed up that morning drunk. How you're drunk at eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> I don't know, but she was, okay? She got fired at noon, but the program was still broken, and since people knew it was broken, they're saying, oh, well, let's see if she did, oh, that's how she did it. They're trying to figure out, all the other temps are trying to figure out how she broke it, and then it was just a mess. We were handwriting badges at that point. It was awful, but anyway, God created something wonderful, and we ruined it. Did he say, that's it, I'm done with you, I'm wiping out the world? We wouldn't be here. He obviously loved us enough that in 2022, we are sitting here in this church with a beautiful sunny day outside, waiting for us when, when the pastor stops talking, and we're going out. He carried us on because he loves us. And that's what he wants us to know, that he loves us. It's great to know what he can do, and it's important to know what he can do. As I said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But to know him as someone who loves us enough to know that even though we're going to break it and ruin it, he's still there to pick us back up. And I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've gone in the wrong direction. I don't care who you've hurt. I don't care what you've done. I don't need to know. God knows, and he says, we'll fix it together. Now, we may, he may not be able to put everything back together the way it was. There's just some things in this life that once you break them, they're broken, but you can pick up the pieces and go in the right direction from that point on. He restores he can restore all of us. Just like that. He can restore us. So don't live your life day to day saying, I hope I don't mess up. Just live your life day to day saying, I know when I do mess up that God's going to be there to help me through. I read something this week describing God, and I, I, I just, just blows my mind if you think about it. Think about Infinity, you know, infinity numbers go on and on and on forever, like pi, 3.14, all the way to as far as you can go, okay? Infinity, it just doesn't end. And then take eternity. We live forever, we live for eternity. If you take infinity, multiply it by eternity, and God's even greater than that. That just blows my mind. We cannot ever fully understand all that he is, all that he can do, and all that he has done. He's only given us a glimpse. And if he's that great, and he cares about us as individuals, then he certainly deserves our worship and praise, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about knowing God, 
getting to know him, knowing the various parts about him. It's going to probably be probably four weeks, but we'll see after the fourth week what, what God decides to do, this being the first week. And then hopefully by the end, we'll have a really good understanding, a better understanding of who he is in our lives. Because I promise you, I 110% guarantee you that he is more than what you think he is. And that's not just because we can't possibly fathom it. I know that there's more that you can get out of this glimpse he's given us. And hopefully we'll get it together. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for making yourself known and helping us know you. We pray, Father, that as we go forward the next couple weeks, that you will truly speak to our hearts through all that is spoken, all that we sing, all that we do. As we come here to try to know you better, please, we beg you, Father, make yourself known more in ways that we have not ever seen, in ways that we can't even begin to fathom or comprehend. Make yourself known to us. That when we leave here by the end of May, first part of June, that we're walking out brand new with a greater understanding of who you are. And from there, Father, just take us. Take us into these transitions we're going through. Take us into these unknowns that we face. Take us, Lord. Because we want to go with you. We want to be known to you, and we want to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.